This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Today on Made For This, we are going to be looking at Philippians 4, verses 2 through 4 and 7 through 8. I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So we have come to the place where there is a girl fight. Yes, in the end of Philippians, Paul is addressing two different women that are leaders in the church that need to get along better. So we all know that this happens. This is all of us. Like I've said before, until we've had a fight, we're barely real friends. So conflict is a part of relationships. And he's not dogging them for having conflict. He's just saying, hey, you got to work that out. you got to come to a resolution. There's two resolutions that you can come to. One resolution is, you know what? We need space, and this friendship is no longer healthy for us, and that is okay. Now, how you know that that's the case is that over and over again, you have tried to reconcile, tried to come to understanding, but this friendship continues after a lot of work. Key there is that you've given it a lot of work. You still have continued dissension and disagreement. And, and, you know, Paul went through this with he and Peter They work things out, but largely they stayed away from each other. Paul and Barnabas, you see that they went different ways and it served the gospel. If we picked up every friend and kept them forever that we have, you know, I think of the Girl Scout thing I used to recite in Brownies, make new friends, but keep the old one is silver and the other's gold. Only time I will ever sing on this podcast. It is impossible. You cannot keep and and maintain every friendship you will ever make. That is not going to happen. There's going to be seasons for friendships, and we need to let that roll. We cannot hold tightly to every person that comes into our life and make them our best, best friend forever and ever. That is something you say in middle school when you're naive and you don't understand life because as you age, you realize that different friendships will serve different purposes in different seasons in our life. But Paul knows that reconciliation is important to display God to this world. So how do we reconcile and how do we move forward? One is we keep short accounts. Because our hope is heaven, because our citizenship is heaven, because our hope is God and our relationship is ultimately satisfied in God, then we can let people be people. And we can let them disappoint us, let them hurt us, and we can let that slide. We can keep short accounts and let those things, you know, roll off our back. So many hurts are truly just misunderstandings. So many times I've thought someone meant something and I've read into it and I've built an entire case against myself from that person that they must be feeling, that they must be thinking. And all of a sudden we have this huge war and the other person doesn't even know it. The other person looked at me sideways because they were hungry. I mean, we can build entire wars between each other. And it's all make-believe, it's pretend. So we need to be careful to make sure that if we're going to deal with an offense, which I believe there's a time for that, that it's a real offense. Paul knows and understands there's going to be conflict and there's going to be times that we get angry. And he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. This is in Ephesians 4. And give no opportunity to the devil. So this is my rule on when to address something. I tell my team this in the offices. If something lingers, you know, don't, don't be quick to run in somebody's office and try to 
make something right. Because a lot of times that's actually our own selfish ambition just to put our conscious at, at peace or just to not feel uncomfortable. Sometimes it's the less selfish thing to give something space and time to walk away from it and to sleep on it a few nights. And if, if you notice you can't let that thing go, then go to that person and say, you know what, something you said the other day, maybe I misunderstood you, but it really hasn't, I haven't been able to shake it. What did you mean by this? And give them a chance. Assume the best. Assume they didn't mean something ill. Or perhaps, and many times, that other person has some hurt that they've held on to and they haven't brought to you. But give them grace to bring it to you at that time. Yeah, ideally, they probably should have brought it to you first. We all should. We should be accountable to when we can't let something go to to bring that anger to someone else and and to work it out and not to let it take root and and a root of bitterness to, to rise up in us. But let's give people grace to... Maybe they've been too busy. Maybe they they haven't even noticed or known exactly how to bring it to us. So my rule is when you've given it a few nights sleep and you can't shake it, ask to sit down with that person, but approach them in a lot of grace and just be like, let me tell you what I experienced. Let me tell you what that made me feel. And then here's the other thing. When people come to us with those things, we'd be so quick to apologize. I can't tell you how many times people have brought me something that I didn't even mean. Like there was no ill intention in me. There was no purposeful hurt. I did not even realize I said it or did it, but that doesn't matter. The bottom line is they felt hurt and they felt hurt by me. And so I take accountability for hurting them, even if I didn't mean to. And so we apologize and we say, what can I do? These are my favorite two lines. I'm so, well, they're my least favorite lines, but they work. I'm so sorry. And what can I do to make that right? And you don't really need to say a lot else. (laughs) Because most of the time, the more we say, then we move into defending ourselves. And I've learned that there is very little good done in defending myself, even if it was right, even if they misunderstood something. It really goes nowhere. And and Jesus's way is that. You see David do this constantly. King David never defended his own name. He held back from people from even defending his own name. And he was comfortable being misunderstood. He was comfortable with people thinking ill of him, or I doubt he was comfortable with it, but he let it happen because he knew that God would defend what he needed to defend. God is the defender of our names. We do not have to go right every wrong. And then when that's the case, you get to live very difficult to be offended. Like I, I literally feel like people are all the time will be like, I'm so sorry, but da, da, da. I was like, you really don't have to apologize to me. Like it is very difficult to offend me. I mean, because I just, I'm moving through life expecting to be offended, expecting to be hurt and disappointed and trusting God to be my significance. So when I get hurt, I can kind of let it go most of the time. Now, there are plenty of times that I've had to sit down and say, that really hurt me and let's work through this. And what Paul's going to say on down, he's going to say, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And don't you know Paul in his mind is like throwing in and with thanksgiving, like, hey, don't miss this. Like when you pray, be grateful and, and focus on the good and other people. Focus on the good in your own life. And yet submit that to God and pray about it. And he is able to shift our hearts. I have seen this again and again and again. And it says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it is beyond our human reckoning. It will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. You guys, what I am calling you to, what Paul was calling us to, what God is calling us to is a supernatural, completely wholly different mindset that is guarded supplied, filled with Christ Jesus. 
He is the way we will think. He is the way we will relate. He is the way and means by which we speak. He is the means by which we reconcile because we have been forgiven so much, we forgive. Because we have been loved so much, we love. Because we have been given such abundance, we give away our abundance. This is the story of God. This is how we live out the gospel. It is in relationship. It's not in isolation. That is easier. It is easier to hide and to not have to work these things out, to let no one hurt us, to guard ourselves with our own isolation and loneliness, but it is a miserable way to live. We got a question from Instagram. What do you do when a friend misunderstands you, hurts you, and cuts you out of their life? Gosh, this is such a hard one. And this has happened to me. And it is agonizing. I mean, agonizing. And there's so many times I've realized in in friendship that it really is an exercise in surrender and not trying to control things. Because I think what I'll try to do is fix it. And, And oftentimes in trying to fix it, it actually makes it a lot worse. And so what does it look like to surrender the friendship and to receive what God has for it? And sometimes that is going a different road. Sometimes that is, you know, and and that happened in scripture with the best of the apostles. I mean, Paul and Barnabas got in a pretty big conflict and they went their own ways and the gospel was spread through that. So I don't think we, we have to be afraid of friendships ending. I think that they will. In fact, probably all of you can look back over the last, you know, decade of your life and say that there's certain friendships that you had 10 years ago that you don't have now. And that's okay because life is complex and you can't, you know, I, I always reference the Girl Scout song because I grew up singing it, uh, make new friends and keep the old. And that's great in theory, but there are some times that friendships sever. And it is, you know, again, I, I go back to that verse that says, as far as it concerns me, live at peace with all men and where you can't, um, where you just can't control it and you can't make peace. I think we've got to find peace in our relationship with God and let that be the thing that sustains us. People will let us down and we will let people down. And some of the friendships that are no longer my life are not because I was perfect. They're because I actually screwed things up and I hate it and I want to fix it. I want to apologize and make it right. And I have tried that, but at times it is, it is not enough. And I think God can still use that. And so take heart that honestly, I just believe that there is coming a time that reconciliation will be once and for all. And in the meantime, we do the very best we can, but we know that there will be conflict and some conflict isn't easily resolved and may never be resolved. Hey, did you know that you can text Jenny and I and we actually read your text messages and we try to respond as many as we can, but it's just like such a fun way for especially you guys, our podcast fam, to ask questions. We send out ideas and stuff for you guys all the time to vote on. If you want to join, get out your phone. You're going to type the word podcast in the message part to the number 214-225-6267. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.